so we preached last week on on Philemon, um, and we're preaching this week on Philemon. And so I just want to hear real quick. I'm going to be consistent throughout the night, calling it Philemon, because when I memorized the books of the Bible when I was in the fourth or fifth grade, that's what I memorized was Philemon. So go ahead and shout out your pronunciations. Who has another pronunciation of this 25 verse book of the New Testament written by Paul? Anyone else? Philemon. Philemon. Anyone else? Anybody care to just make something up? Filet mignon. Filet mignon. It sounds delicious. It's now my favorite book in the Bible. So, so Philemon, um, we're going we're gonna to camp there. And I want to go ahead and let you know where we're going tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and let you know the themes that, that I'm going to be preaching on and what it's going to bring about. Number one, Trust. Trust that is demonstrated through our obedience to God. Trust where in our flesh, we're probably expecting the worst. But by faith, we trust God for the best. Another theme will be destiny. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. And that plan and that purpose is good. It is not for bad. It is for good. That plan includes encouraging others and being a strength to others. And one other theme will be the moment of truth. The moment of truth. There comes a time when the rubber meets the road and either we choose to obey God or not. We choose to trust God or not. That moment of truth, when our actions reflect our trust and they come into agreement with the destiny that God has for us. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we are so thankful to be gathered here together as yours, as yours, as people that look like you and sound like you and bear your name. So Lord Jesus, we set our eyes on you. We set our sights on you. Holy Spirit, we yield to you and we say, have your way. Do that awesome thing that you do or that you guide each one of us uniquely into the truth of our loving, powerful, risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Make this word be personalized to each one of us, Lord. But we yield. Lord, we yield to you and we say, have your way. Touch me. Do what you got to do. In Jesus' name, amen. That last one I mentioned, moment of truth. I'm not going to preach long tonight. I'm not going to preach long tonight. And at the end of the message, there's going to be a call to ministry. I'm letting you know now so that the moment doesn't sneak up on you. So the moment doesn't catch you by surprise and you go, oh no, what do I do? Do I respond? Do I not respond? Right now, you have the entire service having, we just yielded to the Holy Spirit. Remember that? I said, Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Have your way. And you guys stood there in agreement. Some of you were nodding. I had my eyes closed, but I felt the nods. We yielded to the Holy Spirit. So there's going to be a call to ministry to come into agreement with His His plan for us. In that moment of truth, that moment of saying, Lord, I trust you, and my actions are not going to reflect I trust you. So I just want you to be 
obedience to the Holy Spirit. You know what? If you find yourself being moved by the Holy Spirit, then just go ahead and purpose in your heart that you're going, you're going to go ahead and let Him complete the work and minister to you tonight, okay? If you came here with a need for a touch or, or the need for the Lord just to be God in your life, then go ahead and yield right now and say, at the end of the sermon, I'm, I'm getting touched. I'm going to get ministered to. I'm just managing expectations. I don't want the moment to sneak up on you. And we don't want to leave here tonight the exact same way we walked in. That would be a stinking shame. A little Southern just came out then. Did you guys catch that? I was born in North Carolina. Every now and then, the Southern just comes out. We're going to go ahead and read the book of Philemon. It's 25 verses. It's an awesome, awesome book. Um, if in your, in your Bibles you're flipping, you know, some of your Bibles, it's only like half a page. So you can't flip too fast. Um, but we're just going to go ahead and, and read it together now. So it's 25 verses. So Philemon 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him who is my very heart. I'm sending him back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you will do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. 
And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. What a great book. What a great book. In case you were a little slow on the uptake and you missed everything we just read, I'll give you a brief Cliff Notes version. And you know, I understand some of you guys are just Cliff Notes people, you know. But 25 verses, we that is the Cliff <laughs> that is the Cliff Notes version. So here's basically what it is. Onesimus was a slave. Onesimus ran away. We see no proof or indication that Onesimus was treated poorly whatsoever. The name of his master, Philemon. Philemon is also a pastor. And this letter is written to Philemon from Paul. And the purpose of this letter is Paul saying, Philemon, I want you to receive Onesimus back with grace, with fair treatment, and I want you to treat him. I just don't want you to treat him good. I want you to make him a brother, a peer, an equal. No longer the relationship of slave and master, but brother, because he is beneficial to you as together we we push forward the kingdom of God. And by the way, as as Philemon is reading this, Onesimus is standing right there in front of him because Onesimus delivered this letter to him. Now, we talked last week, I posed the question, do we know how the outcome of this letter was received? Do we, do we know how it was received? Do we know if Philemon responded in a godly way, in a positive way? And the answer is yes, we do. Because this letter exists as part of our Bible. This letter was not torn up and destroyed and thrown away as Philemon took out his sword and cut Onesimus. I don't know, that was more like a French cut. That wasn't like a Roman cut, you know. So so we know that didn't happen. We know because this letter is in our Bible how it was received. I also threw something out there that is just very cool. Onesimus is a slave name. Onesimus isn't like Michael or Brian or David or John. Onesimus is a slave name. It was given to a slave from a master. The, the name Onesimus, anyone remember what Onesimus means? Useful. I love when Paul says, he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to me and to you. Useful. His name means useful. And we, there was a letter that was written by the bishop of Antioch as he was basically heading to his deathbed, as he was going to be martyred. Um, and he addresses the bishop of Ephesus. This is 35 years after this time, historians tell us. And he, he, he says, send my, send my greetings to the bishop of Ephesus, Onesimus. So it's, it's a fair assumption. It's not gospel. We don't see that that's the exact same guy, but somebody with a slave name who has grown to the position of being a bishop, an overseer of pastors in the city of Ephesus. Isn't that amazing? So we can look and we can grasp and say, yeah, Philemon responded godly. He responded godly. When we read this passage, we are faced with the Word of God saying, how are you going to respond? The Lord saying, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to this? And the things I'm doing in my life, 
in the ways I'm asking you to trust me, how are you going to respond? Last week I mentioned that there are labels that society puts upon us. Labels that we are stuck with or tagged with. What are some of the labels that you think society would throw upon and label Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon with? Anybody want to throw something out there? There are no wrong answers. Just thinking about labels and the way that we are quick to to put a tag on somebody. Oh, he's just a slave. That's a label. Outcast. You guys are awesome. Very, very quiet, but awesome. Anyone else? Prisoner. Troublemaker. Those guys. Those guys. Think about think about Philemon, a pastor. Hoity toity. Paul. Know it all. Go around telling people what to do. In society's eyes, they are slaves, prisoners, and one who brings judgment. You look at Philemon, he sat in a spot of someone who brought judgment. Whether it's good judgment or bad judgment, he was in the spot to decide upon Onesimus' life. The labels that, that people come against you and I with, the sad truth is a lot of times those labels stick. Think about the labels that have been put upon you and I. Think about things that people have said about you that as much as you disagree and despise those labels, they've stuck and you haven't shooken them. He's a bum. She's no good. She's trash. She's lazy. He's worthless. He's useless. Think about it. Every single one of us have been labeled with things. We have been labeled with lies from the enemy that we are not to come into agreement with. But we have. One of the things we're going to be doing tonight, church, friends, we're going to be breaking off some labels. We're going to be breaking off some labels. You want to be defined by someone? You look to the one who wrote the book of you. You look to the author. You look to the only one who has authority to say who you are and who I am. We're going to look to Jesus Christ. We're going to look to our Father and say, what do you say about me? What do you say about me? What are, are the... If you want... Lord, if I have to be labeled, let me be labeled by you. We don't have to agree with these things. We don't have to agree with the enemy. We don't have to accept these things. Onesimus is not a slave, but rather a freed man walking in the purpose of God who brings hope to others. Paul is not a prisoner, but rather an apostle, a liberator, one who sets men into action, into, into freedom 
to do the work of God. Philemon is not one who brings judgment, but rather a pastor walking in the purpose of God who brings grace and forgiveness. In Jesus' eyes, we are the same. Regardless of the world tells us, in Jesus' eyes, we are the same. And that is why in this passage, Paul, an apostle, Paul, someone who could have said, here's the way it is, and you're going to do it, because I'm Apostle Paul, and you're going to do it. And he would have done it like that too. But he didn't. He, he appealed as a brother. He calls them brothers. He says, brothers. He says, Philemon, receive him as a brother. No longer slave and master. I, I know what he's done. Put it on me. Put it on me. He owes you something. Put it on my tab. I'll take care of it. But he says, brothers. We are brothers. The same. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind telling you. One of the reasons, you know, maybe as I get older and as I mature, maybe my taste in clothing will change and I will want to wear, you know, pants, like long pants. For those of you listening to the podcast right now, I wear pants. Um, I'm just wearing short pants. Um, yeah, we got, always got to clarify that. Someone would be pulling us up on iTunes thinking he's preaching there. And, yeah. But one of the reasons I, I dress the way I'm comfortable with is I've been a part of staffs where the pastor was elevated and seen as put up on a pedestal and seen as, oh, the pastor. You know, I'm Mark. I point you to Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. But I'm just a guy. I'm a guy who loves to talk about Jesus, and I get the opportunity to do that. God has called me to do that, to get up here and talk about Jesus every dang week. We are brothers. Are you afraid of your past? Are you afraid to face your past? Are you afraid to have light shown on your past, on your sin, on your failures, on your shortcomings? Does the devil constantly taunt you and remind you that you ain't changed? You're just the same, insert label here, you're just the same bum you always were. You're not changed. Does the devil lie and say, you're not free? When you look into the mirror, do you see the old you? Or do you see the new, free, liberated you? The one who the blood of Jesus was applied to your life, annihilated your sin, and brought promise and hope and purpose to your life. As difficult as this must have been, Onesimus had to go back and face his past, his old life. He was a free man. Free because he ran away. But for him to stand in the face of the enemy and say, I am not one who, I'm not rebellious. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a bum. I'm a man of God. He had to face his past. He had to go back. Uh, let's imagine it, folks. The possibility existed of not just surrendering his freedom, which is that's a 
that's huge. When you have a taste of freedom and then to lose it, that's huge. But the possibility exists that he could have his life taken. We need to do the same thing. And not just face our past for the sake of facing our past. We don't do it in our own strength. We don't do it as part of some self-help program. We do it completely looking and leaning to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, doing it in His strength, doing it in His might, set free and redeemed by His blood. It's not about us trying to cure ourselves or right the wrongs. No. It's about letting that old and those labels and those lies die and walk in the life that God has for us. Slavery is a barrier that keeps people apart. What are the areas of your life, of my life? What are these areas where we have been in slavery and bondage? What are the strongholds that have resulted in in barriers between you and someone else? Between you and a loved one, family member, friend? Between you and God? Is there a barrier between you and God? Anger, unforgiveness, disappointment. These are the things God wants to bring freedom to us tonight and tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday. These are the things that He wants us free from. 7. I want to read this again. This is Paul addressing Philemon. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. God wants this for each one of us. He wants to use us to refresh the hearts of His people, to encourage the hearts of His people, to speak a word of life and encourage the people that He sent His Son Jesus to die for. To do this, guess what we have to be? To do this, we got to be free. We can't do it as a slave. We can't do it as someone in shackles and in bondage. We got to be free. We want to, we want to have these words said over us. We need to be free. We need to be free so we can minister with the purity of Jesus Christ, not with going, I'm so unworthy, I'm so unworthy, I'm so unworthy. Lord, just touch my brother. I'm so unworthy, I'm so unworthy. Lord, just heal him, Lord God. Heal him from his hurts. I'm so unworthy. I'm and that's what the enemy wants. That's what he wants. God wants us free so that we can be an encouragement to others. So what does God need from us? He needs an effective partnership with him and he needs a willingness to grow. An effective partnership. We're in it together, Lord, me and you, Jesus. And a willingness to grow. A willingness to grow. To be stretched. To leave the past behind. To embrace His healing. To forgive. To grow. A willingness. In this partnership, He doesn't trump our will. It's a cooperation. And he works as we willingly let him. Does that make sense? Is that awesome? That God has this amazing plan and he chose each one of us 
to be a vital, integral part of it. That's just amazing. The King of Kings, the Creator of the universe, wants me to be a part of His plan. Wants you to be a part of His plan. Verse 6 says this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I want to read this in a different translation. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Are we willing to grow? Do we want to deepen our understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ? You know, I talked about moment of truth, right? Rubber meets the road. So here's the truth. Some of some of us in this room, and, and when I say us, I'm just being honest. I mean, I mean some of you, because I've been doing this all week, and I've been getting with God. I preached this message to me for two weeks. Some of you to be set free, you need to forgive. You need to forgive tonight. Something needs to be left at the foot of the cross. And there's some people you need to forgive so that you can be free. And it might be yourself. We won't be free, right? You don't want to walk around in bondage, right? That's the stupidest question I'm going to ask maybe all year. Of course we don't want to walk around in bondage. We need to be free. That might be difficult. Forgiving. It might be difficult. But how is it any less difficult than it was Philemon being asked to forgive Onesimus, who betrayed him, who possibly stole from him, who left and fled and, and ran away. And Paul's saying, forgive him. Forgive him and treat him as a brother. Treat him as a peer. You're going to partner together. You're equals. You're brothers. Jesus isn't asking you to do anything that he hasn't asked people to do for years and years. And if you listen real close, you can hear it, that faint echoing of of Paul's words. You can hear the words of Jesus saying, I don't need to remind you that you owe your life to me, do I? Psh, of course not. I, I won't even mention it. I won't mention that you owe everything to me. Consider it not even said. That you owe everything to me. We owe everything to him. He paid the price. We just have to receive it. When we talk about being saved, that word is soza. And it means saved, delivered, healed. That's what Jesus died on the cross for. So that you would be saved, delivered, healed. So I would be saved, delivered, healed. That's salvation. If we want a deeper, more liberated life, we need to look to Jesus, the one we can trust. And the one who provides us with a purpose and a destiny. If you're here tonight, and you're just struggling with this right now, this might be your moment of truth. This might be your moment of truth. How are you going to respond? Will you let go of your past and you grab a hold of the healing that God has for you? The liberation that God's future holds.
Onesimus. Youthful. Onesimus. Youthful. How many of you guys has the enemy lied to and said you were useless? It's a lie. It's a lie. How many of you guys has the enemy lied and said you're worthless? That you have no value, that you have no purpose, that God doesn't have a destiny for you, that God doesn't even like you. They're lies. They are lies. And you don't have to walk around with it. We don't have to walk around in chains when Jesus Christ paid the price so that we could be free. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore. Because Jesus kicked the tar out of the devil and he conquered death and he annihilated sin so that we could be free. And that's what he wants for us tonight. You are useful. God has a purpose and a plan for you. You are forgiven. Not based on anything you did or earned. Done by Jesus. A work in full. A work completed. So the moment of truth. What do we need to say yes to the the Lord tonight about? What do we need to agree with Him? What do we need to say... I reject the lies and the labels put against me. And, Lord, I want your liberty. I want your freedom. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, it starts there. It starts there saying yes. Because when you say yes to Him, you are kicking the devil and the lies and the bondage and the everything that he's had. By saying yes to His plan, you're saying Those labels are gone because I now bear the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, we've all sinned and we've all sinned big. Ain't no one here without without sin except for maybe that little guy. That's how God sees us. Innocent and pure and lovely and His and her.